Our lesson for today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again, a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Here ends the reading. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Speak to us so that our ears might tingle, so that we might hear your word, that we might both believe and trust, and that you might then send us out into your world to be your messengers of hope and peace, compassion, and love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The ears of all who heard it were all a tingle. 
How in the world could this possibly be? It was so disruptive. It was so outside of their expectations. It, it didn't fit any of their parameters. It caught them all so off guard, and so many of their lives were all turned upside down. Walking in the palace and priesthood of power and privilege and prestige, the prophet Eli's sons, the Bible story tells us, had eyes only for themselves. Growing up knowing only wealth and power and political priestly privilege and prestige, the story just previous to the one that we heard about Samuel tells the story that they ate only the choicest of meats dined at the best restaurants and paraded around publicly flaunting their beautiful women as their priestly possessions. The sons of Eli ate their fill and relished in walking in the luxurious ways of their own circle of self-created refinement and relaxation, having the power and privilege of the priesthood of all of Israel at their disposal They took heed and took it all. The story says simply of these two sons of Eli, they blasphemed against God. Their sin was relatively simple. Growing up in power and prestige and privilege, they were selfish. And when God begins to call Samuel, the ears of all of those in Israel begin to tingle. How could this be? This doesn't fit. It's disruptive. It's outside the norms. Who is Samuel? And the ears of all who would hear it in all of Israel would begin to tingle. Now, I know that this is a story about Samuel, and it's a fabulous story about Samuel. I... I know because I've heard it so many times, and so have you. It's a childhood favorite because, for once, what looks like a child does hear God's voice and does respond. But it is also a story about Eli and Eli's sons. It's not the naivete, actually, of the story that catches my attention and the innocence of this young Samuel who hear God's voice, but is it instead the sin and the selfishness of Eli's sons. And every time I hear the story, I actually have a huge heart of compassion for Eli, who was Israel's faithful priest for so long, who could not or would not or did not restrain his own two sons. They were out of control, out of his control, and out of his own reach. I have an enormous sense of compassion for Eli, God's chosen man as prophet and priest of Israel coming out of the wilderness wanderings with all of those Israelite people. Eli was a good man, flawed for sure. He accuses Samuel's mom of actually being drunk in her prayers and misses Hannah's connection with God almost entirely. In the story with Samuel, he is slow to see God in action and his eyes are dim, but he is honest and true and clear of his relationship with God even to the bitter end. But God does remove God's favor from him and from his family. 
and with a hearing and a depth of heart that I find absolutely unbelievable and incredibly remarkable in this story, Eli accepts his fate as God's will, that God will do what God will do. He knows to whom his life is owed and from whom his life has come and to whom his future belongs. And this is a story of the beginning of Samuel. It is also the story of the denouement of Eli. And the ears of all in Israel tingled at the changing of the guard because it was so disruptive and new and disjointed. God was about to do a completely new thing. Samuel, the one who is God's chosen in this story, is an outsider completely. No power, no privilege, no prestige. He walks in circles of his own dependency on both his mother and in this story on his mentor Eli. He does not even yet know the Lord. He is dependent on Eli to remind him and tell him who God is and how God's voice sounds. In this story, God is doing a new thing. It's completely outside the palace of priestly privilege, power, and structure, and prestige. The sun in this story is setting on the house of Eli. His eyes grow dim. His mind grows fuzzy. While at the same time, the sun rises on Samuel in God's favor is past. This scandalous story makes all the ears in Israel tingle. For the sons of Eli had only eyes for themselves, while Samuel clearly sees his own dependence. Now, in this context and in this story, I have to confess I myself have many biases and points of view. Most of you probably know this very clearly. I, in fact, uh, have grown up in economic and cultural power and privilege and prestige. You may not know that. I have walked in the palaces of power, privilege, and prestige. I have eaten the choicest meat. I have dined on the good things. And strangely, maybe this is because of who we are as human beings, it is often against my own people from which I came that I have the most beef and argument. It is maybe because it is easiest and the things that bug us the most that are the things that we know most deeply that we then often find ourselves fighting against our own consciences. I will confess, it is one of my many, many flaws. I also have some compassion, too. It's easy to walk in concentric circles of society that isolate us from the poor and the struggling. I know because I've walked in those concentric circles. But what's strange is that in both biblical stories and in the culture all around us, the pool of people from which God often calls people of positions of disruption and voice their discontent come from the very pool of people that I far too often find too easy to avoid. Their names are Hannah and Mary and Joseph and Samuel and David and Jesus 
who come from outside places and unlikely choices, unlikely choices chosen not from the palace of prestige, but from the pitfalls of poverty and knowing their own dependence. My own ears often tingle at the choices that God makes. And it is both a disruptive and a heartening tingling. God does new things in the midst of what looks like the bleakest of despair. It's often disruptive, difficult ears tingling, especially for those who, like me, walk in those circles of power and wealth and prestige. The sun is going to set on Eli and Eli's house, but with grace and humility and what I think is one of the most remarkable witnesses in the Old Testament, Eli bends his will to God's and says, Thy will be done. For there is new life on the horizon in Samuel, in God's chosen. Sometimes the godly good news is that those of us who are in those traditional places of power, privilege, and prestige do have the ability to gracefully trust that God is doing a new thing, sometimes beyond us, always for us. Through the disruptive voices of those who walk in circles of poverty and injustice, loving God, let our ears so tingle that we might hear their voices with compassion and hope, and that those of us in power might say, loving God, thy will be done. <laughs> Thinking about this story and our world and humanity in general, when you get right down to it, humanity at large is a rather unlikely choice for God to offer God's voice through, just as a general rule, not just in specific individuals, but collectively. We are most certainly deeply selfish, captive to our own human fragility, this is both our limiting truth and I think our ultimate equalizer that we walk around being basically the same, often self-interested. We are altogether in bondage to sin for far too often our eyes are only for ourselves. And so at the same time, it is with great hope that God chooses even one of us. And how could it be then that God actually chooses all of us to speak, to act, and to live as God's chosen prophets in the world. It is with great hope that I stand here every day and weekend with you and listen to God's word with my ears all a-tingle for the fact that God has again and again and again done new and surprising things through new and surprising people like you and flawed and biased people like me. Loving God, Speak, for your servant is listening. Let our ears tingle with the hope that you will once again do a new thing, even through us. Amen. <laughs>